Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Blue Talks. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much. I don't see my slides there yet, so we'll try and put those up. Oh, wonderful, good. And first, I'd like to start with thank you all for being here and thank you for listening to me. And I'd like to thank a couple of people that really made this possible. Bridget here, she's done stellar work for the last couple of days. Simone, who's helped so much to put it together. And don't forget Heidi. I mean, this event wouldn't be on without Heidi. And I'd like to personally thank Corey Poirier, who's not here right now. He's gonna be back in just a few minutes with his family and he has, put on another amazing Blue Talks. This is my fourth Blue Talk. I gave one in St. Albert, I gave one in San Diego, and then I gave one at Harvard, just before COVID took it all away. So it gives me a great pleasure to be back on stage now uh, after COVID and being able to speak again, because it, it's an amazing feeling to be back on stage. And I'm going to give you my unfinished talk which is the most dangerous time of the year. Many of you know me as Dr. Ellen Leica. I uh, was a, a leading cosmetic dermatologist for over 30 years. But before that, I was an intensivist and an emergency medicine doctor. And so I want to give you a talk that's very important at this time of year because it may save your children's lives, your grandchildren's lives, and it's very important. Why this time of year is September. It's a fantastic time of year. The colors are changing. It's gonna be beautiful. But it's also a time at university, which is extremely dangerous. What makes it dangerous? Well, university students are starting to go back to university. They're going to cut loose. They're going to party. And this is going to be a time of year that's extremely dangerous for them. In fact, statistics across North America say that thousands of university students are going to die in the next couple of months. The number is about 200 in Canada and about 1,800 in the United States. Now, I want to warn you, some of the things I'm gonna tell you are going to be very shocking. 
So please take that, please be aware of that, okay? It's like they say on the news, the events on the news are going to be shocking to you. This is gonna be shocking to you. Now these are statistics, and I hate statistics because they don't take into the human element. Here's the human element. Timothy Piazzo died in 2017 with a fractured skull and a fractured spleen after he got intoxicated and fell down under the effects of alcohol. 18-year-old Maxwell Groover died as a freshman at Louisiana State with a blood alcohol contact of 0.496. The regular dosage of alcohol, the intoxicated dosage is 0 0.07. Uh, Andrew Coffey, age 20, died with an alcohol content of 0.47. His bodily fluids were much more than that. Now, that's scary. How does it happen? Well, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Here's another couple of them. Uh, Mr. Martinez died at the age of 19 in Washington State after having drank a half a gallon of, of rum, okay? But this doesn't just happen in men. Olivia, age 19 at Iowa State, died frozen because of alcohol intoxication in three degree temperatures. There was James Glitter, age 19, of Lyon College in Arkansas, who was found dead in his dorm room with an alcohol intoxication. And then there was Stone Foltz, 20, in 2021 at Bowling Green State University in Ohio, who died from drinking the equivalent of 40 shots. Timothy Lofton, I can't read the last word, an 18-year-old at the University of Kentucky who died, was unresponsive October 18th, 2021, at a frat house. They say it, he died likely to alcohol intoxication, but his friends said he drank 18 one-ounce shots of alcohol within one hour. And this is one that's been all over the news in the United States. Uh, Mr. Daniel Santuli died recently. He didn't die, he did something worse. He's blind, he can't speak, and he can't walk after drinking the equivalent of 126 of alcohol within one hour. Now, why am I telling you this? Well. You know, I have grandchildren that are going to be going to university soon. So it's, this is somewhat selfish, but I'm also a parent and a grandparent, and I want my children and grandchildren to have fun at university. And I don't want to find out about this, and I don't want to be the grandparent that finds out this information. Now, I don't want you to think that this is something that just happens in the United States. When I was an emergency officer, at 11 o'clock in the morning, I would, had a car screech into the parking lot 
at the University Hospital. Three big guys piled out and they had a buddy in the back seat. They shouted, my buddy's not breathing. Another car came up just behind them with six more people in it. Please help our buddy. Immediately we went into action. I assessed his vitals. He wasn't breathing. So we tried to get oxygen into his lungs. We immediately put him on a gurney and we started CPR. The code went on for three hours. Now, if you think of codes, anything like what happens on ER or any of the television shows, I'm going to tell you something totally different. It is chaos happening. Everything is happening. Someone is starting an IV. Someone is starting a central line. Somebody is trying to get the air moving. If the air isn't moving, somebody's trying to intubate that person. A monitor is put on that person. And this person was flatlining. There was no heartbeat. We still worked at him. He was 19 years of age. After three hours, we called the code. He died. I was forced to call the parents of this young man. And fortunately, they lived in Edmonton. So they came to the university hospital and I put him in a private room there. I looked him in the eye and I said, I'm sorry, your son did not make it. Now, if you think this goes on like they do on ER where everybody's stoic afterwards, it doesn't happen. The father shouted, my God, my God, my only son. The mother sobbed unconsolably. I sobbed with him. The scene went on for an hour. I then went to the waiting room and the buddies were there. And they asked me what happened. And I told them he didn't make it. Then again, the same thing happened. Each one of them shouted, Oh my God, he's dead. Okay. Now I was asked to speak at the frat house where this event had occurred. And the students asked me to tell me, tell them what happened. So I walked him through the age of this, through the day of this person. Let's call him Joe. Okay. Joe woke up that morning. He didn't know it was his last day on earth. No one does. But he decided he was going to have fun. Why? He's a university student. It's the first beginning of university. You're going to have fun. He played basketball. He shot hoops. He got three out of 10. His buddies razzed him for it. Then they were all excited because they were going to have a party that night. So they had the party. At the party, Joe was encouraged to drink. He was encouraged to drink alcohol. The family drink, they said. He drank a 26 of alcohol within one hour. 
He passed out. That's what usually happens. Now his buddies did not know what to do. So they decided they're going to call his girlfriend and take him to the house where his girlfriend lives. Well, he slept on it on the couch. So already we saw two mistakes. One is he drank the 26 of alcohol. He didn't have to do that. The second thing is he passed out. They should have taken him immediately to the emergency room. Okay. They shouldn't have left him in the hands of his girlfriend who didn't know what to do. The next morning he woke, they tried to wake him up. He was unresponsive. The room smelled like feces. The last thing that usually happens when a person dies is a person defecates and urinates. Dying is not pretty. His buddies didn't want anybody to get mad at them. So they decided to take him to the hospital. That was the third mistake. If they had called the, the ambulance, there was a chance, a very faint chance, they might have been able to resuscitate him. Okay. Now again, the reason I'm telling you this is I don't want there to ever be a death like this ever again. If you have university students or students going up, get them to watch this video. I'm going to send this video to every president of every university. And I'm also going to uh, send it to every frat house. Because even still, with all that everybody knows in this day and age, there's going to be 2,000 deaths this year. Okay. In fact, it may even be higher because after COVID, more students are going to cut loose than ever before. Now, this is the math. One bottle of beer equals one glass of wine, which equals five fluid ounces of, which equals a malt liquor, which equals five fluid ounces of wine, which equals one shot of liquor. So the math is all there. I mean, once you start getting into the heavy liquor, it just causes the problem. And here's the absorption that goes on. One drink goes up rapidly. Two drinks goes up more rapidly. Three drinks goes up more rapidly. Four drinks goes up more rapidly. So you can see how a person could get intoxicated so much rapidly here and how this can all cause a person to lose consciousness. Now, what happens when a person loses consciousness? They usually vomit and that plugs the airway. You know, the airway is only as big as your big thumb. So when it gets plugged, there's no oxygen going to your lungs. And if that's not taken care of immediately, you're going to die. So this is why I'm giving this. As I said, this silver haired man has grandchildren going to university soon. And I don't want this to ever happen again. 
I don't want 2,000 more students to die this year, and I don't want emergency doctors to have to tell the parents this is happening. And I don't want parents to be mortified by this anymore. Now, hazing is still a problem. Frats have initiation ceremonies a lot where people get to drink large amounts of alcohol. So not a good thing either. So I'm gonna suggest that there's better ways to initiate people to university and to life rather than get pissed drunk. The solution is education, awareness, and prevention. Prevention, a big word. How does that happen? With a little bit of discussion. And that's what this talk is meant to do. And I'd like to thank you all, and I'd thank you, like you all to think of Daniel Santuli, who can no longer see, talk, or walk because of drinking too much alcohol. And I don't want to see any more Daniel Centulis again. Thank you very much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.